What's happening, sports fans? Hope the Vibres are pretty good with you tonight because they are very good with us here. Christian Pedersen, Noah Laxine is on the other end of the Blast Radius Coffee Hotline. Noah, you want to say what's up? What's good? What's good, sports fans? We're here. We're ready for another week. We are ready for the final week, if you will. Uh, we have yes, some season-closing Vibres here on the show. Uh, we are going to break with format a little bit today because... Um, we, like I mentioned, we are in the last week of the season, so we are going to focus a little bit more on potential playoffs, implications, and seedings, and highlight just the biggest matchups coming up this week, and or maybe some of the matchups that Noah and myself are looking at as potential, you know, earmark that for later playoff implications, litmus tests, whatever uh, got the goods type of stuff Noah is cooking up in his mind and my perspective, and we're going to get it all to you hopefully in about 20 minutes. So D1 first, obviously, D2, D, it's all going to go in order. So if you don't hear your division or your teams, go ahead and skip forward five, maybe seven minutes tops. Noah, thank you very much for joining us. Noah, you can find him uh, on social media at Noah underscore Lax 2017. Should we just start with the the biggest D1 or do you want to go D5? Let's go five. Let's go. Let's work our way up five to one. All right. We will start in division five. Now, right now, what we are doing is going off of the CIF numbers, the official football rankings that are published uh, on the CIF website with the CIF formula. So this is not voting conjecture. This is not media polls. This is actually how these teams are going right now. Vincent Memorial, the one seed castle park, the two seed castle park, though, one of the undefeated teams so let's start with there. Uh, Castle Park has a, a huge game this week against Montgomery, and Vincent Memorial gets to close out the season with two and six Mountain Empire. So uh, kind of polar opposites in terms of difficulty for the weeks. But uh, who, in your mind, it has a little bit bigger week, and what is what does one of these two teams need to do to be the front runner in Division Five? No. Yeah. So Castle Park. Um... They have a uh, definitely have a big game this week against Montgomery. Um, I think it's it's a it's a whenever you get in a situation like that, you want to finish undefeated. You don't want extra guys and uh, Montgomery is going to give them a good game. I think they come out of there healthy and they come out there with a win. I think that's going to give them all the confidence in the world to make a run in D five. Uh, Vincent Memorial, they're going to have a little easier game, but we're going to see come playoff time if that if that you know kind of extra rest, kind of that. Like, you're not going too hard the last game of the season if that's going to uh, result in some rust come playoff time. But I really want to see how Castle Park does and how they approach this because, yes, you want to make a run in the playoffs. But, man, you have when you have a chance to go 10-0, and 0, that's something special that nobody can take away from you. Well, it certainly does uh, lean toward uh, helping maintain that focus, that killer instinct, that elite edge or whatever you will if, if, if that's your football mentality. I also uh, agree that Castle Park has the bigger game this week. Give me a team that you kind of got your eye on in Division 5. I know that for me, I'm looking at Mission Bay's final game of the season. Right now, Mission Bay, 4-5 and five on the year. They are the number 5 seed overall, but they got a game against Scripps Ranch, who, you know, the 9-0 and Falcons, they are on an absolute tear this season. And I, and I start to look over... Uh, the the schedule for Mission Bay, and they have some losses to San Diego, Patrick Henry, and La Jolla. And you go, man, for a D5 team, 
they could be sneaky good at four and six. So I want to see how close Mission Bay can keep their game against Scripps Ranch, and that might tell me a lot. You know, they drop down to maybe a seven or an eight seed. They're on they're on the road eventually against some of the teams with a bye, but. I really like and am watching closely on this Mission Bay uh, week ten game or week eleven game against Scripps Ranch. How about you, Noah? Yeah, um, I want to go the the two spots below you, Crawford and Francis Parker. I know they both have losing records, but at the same time, like you mentioned before, with uh, the team you mentioned, Mission Bay, they played some really tough opponents for their uh, for their division, playing uh, the people that are a little bit up, a little bit higher, and you know. Uh, you look at Francis Parker. They lose their their Ryan Chambord. They're trying to get back and you know find their way. They're they they get at the right time. They could they can make a run. They can win a game, win an upset. And Crawford as well. They're always a sneaky team. You know they're going to be coached up. You know they've been plugging in guys, finding guys to you know carry their team. They have a freshman leading their team right now uh, at the running back position. And you know don't don't be surprised if they make some noise and get an upset here in the playoffs to D5. Going over the schedules right now, uh, Crawford plays Claremont this week. Claremont at 4-4, four and four, Crawford at 3-6. and six. Francis Parker, let's see, where do I have them at? They play uh, La Jolla Country Day. So 4-5, and five, Parker plays 7-2, and two, La Jolla Country Day. On to Division 4, the number one seed, Santana Sultans. They are 8-1 and one after taking a loss to Monta Vista. The number two seed is Sarah. They are 7-2. and two. Montgomery is the number three seed. They are 8-1. and one. So uh, kind of the same thing. We got a top bracket, and then we got the everybody else. So let's start with that top bracket. Santana, they, uh, as we mentioned, already took the, the loss, if you will. They're 8-1. Uh, They're going to take on a 3-6 and six El Cajon Valley. Sarah, after dropping a pair of games early in the year uh, to, to start out the gate, there was a lot of questions what was going on there. They look like they get everything tightened up and fixed. They're going to be taking on a very tough Patrick Henry team. And then Montgomery, as we mentioned, is taking on Castle Park. So, Noah, out of this top squad, who are you watching the closest this Friday night? Um, I definitely want to see Montgomery. I know we talked about um, who they're facing, Castle Park, but I want to being a division higher, and you know, being having an A and one record, you have something to prove. I think this is a statement game for Montgomery if they come out and they handle business. Um, I also, I'm also looking at Orange Glen. Orange Glen, I know they're 17 right now, but we know they have Phil Patterson. We know they have a passing game to complement the running game, and you know, come playoff time, being able to control that, uh, control. The ball, take off clock, score points. Uh, you know, every defense, you know, shows its flaws come playoff time. And I just think they could be a scary team as well uh, to look out for. Well, I'll take the uh, the avenue of I'm watching Sarah very closely for what they're doing. After taking a pair of losses early in the season, uh, they have not had a game where they've allowed more than a touchdown. No, they've allowed 21 points in seven weeks. Um Patrick Henry, on the other hand, has put up a 70-point game at one point this season. So if Sarah is the real deal, we'll see that be a very lopsided score where Sarah can shut down even the most elite defenses. I like your pick with Orange Glenn, and uh, just to play you know, sort of devil's advocate, I will uh, I will go with 
Mount Miguel as being the team that I am looking for some potential history. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, some potential history to like be made that. this uh, Friday with Mount Miguel's offensive output as they take on Del Norte, who's another sneaky team because Del Norte, as you see uh, right now, is the 12 seed, but has that 1.3 strength of schedule, which if you look around, uh, yeah, it's the toughest strength of schedule in Division Four. So that'll be a very interesting game with those two teams squaring off. On to Division Three, it's a it's a little bit of a broken record. We have three teams, maybe four in this one, but th- Scripps Ranch at nine and zero, San Diego at six and two, Hilltop at eight and one are the one, two, and three in Division Three. Give everybody uh, the the lay of the land where everyone's playing this Friday night. Uh, let's see, San Diego, the K- or Hilltop is going to be taking on Mar Vista. San Diego, where are these scores? I have my tabs all jarbled up here. Um, yeah. Hey, you got a lot of teams to look out for. Man. Yeah, I got too many. I got too many tabs. San Diego is taking on the Kearney Comets at four and five. And Scripps Ranch, as we mentioned, is playing Mission Bay. So out of those top teams in the Division Three race, Noah, do you have a clear-cut favorite that, that you uh, are looking at closely on this Friday night? Um, I'm, you know, uh, I like, I want to I want, I want to say Hilltop. I think with, for Coach Weston, there's been a, a couple, a few years in the, in the making leading up to this point. I think this is the best opportunity him and his team has had since he's taken over the program. And I feel like, you know, now he's been able to mold those guys up from freshman to now. And I think they're going to finish uh, this season strong against, um, are they playing against Mar Vista? They're going to finish strong against yep. Mar Vista. And really, you know, try to clean things up because I, you know they're going to be able to move the ball. They have the three-headed monster. They, they could do it through the air. They could run the ball. They have a good line. But their defense, their defense, we talked about this before on the show, can their defense, you know, handle a San Diego if they make a run? Can they handle a Scripps Ranch if they have to meet them? And I think this would be a lot, a good confidence builder this week for Hilltop to get their defense, fix it up. I'm very curious about San Diego. I, with them, them being a, a two-loss team sandwiched in between an undefeated and a one-loss team, I want to see them close out the week or close out the regular season with a dominant offensive performance. Out of the rest of the group, Noah, I'll give you a second to dial up your pick for D3 that you're looking at. I'm just going to go ahead and break the rules, though, and point out a bunch of different teams, mainly two squads. First off, I'm going to say Central. The the Spartans don't ever sleep on them ever. They're, they're coming back from a they, they were in the championship game last year. They're still a very good team, but I'm very curious about the seven seed modern day Catholic and the yes, nine and, and the nine seeded uh currently currently nine seeded Valhalla Norseman. But with uh with modern day Catholic, they're gonna be taking on Benita Vista. So they have the chance to get back to six and four on the year. Tons of offensive production out of Coach Joyner's squad and uh three hundred and twenty points. Uh, uh, four, just they've allowed too many. Uh, a chunk of that came against Tyler Buckner, though, putting up a 70-burger. They've played an insane strength of schedule, so I'm looking very closely at modern-day Catholic. And I, I mentioned uh, Valhalla. 
they are just an interesting squad out of we were very big on them early in the year they took some of their expected losses in league but they they have the chance to end the season five and five and to me with the run game they have they're a very dangerous team on the road so I'm watching them against Granite Hills this weekend Noah give me give me a little something about what you're looking at out of the final week of the season in d3 um, I'm, I, I want to mention, uh, Mario De Catholic as well. Um, you know, I mentioned their offense. They have Aiden Calvert. He's their leader. Their defense has been struggling at times, but they have, uh, they're, they're very young. Um, Trey Edwards, he's a freshman. He's a starting freshman middle backer. He's going to be a player of the year type person when he, when he gets older. And then Bonita Vista. I mean, Bonita, they're like, they're on the edge right now. But if they do sneak in, uh, Ryan Vaughn. I don't think there's anybody in the division that can cover Ryan Vaughn. Um, he's one of the better receivers in San Diego. And, you know, if they just give him a chance, they get him in, you could double him, you could try, man. You could try to contain him, but stopping him is going to be hard. So I want to see how that Benita Mater Day uh, game comes out. And I think if both end up in the play, if Benita sneaks in, they both can make some noise. On to Division Two, it again is a three-team race up at the top. Bishops nine and zero at the one seed. Vista seven and two at the two seed. San Pasqual eight and one at the three seed. Give you the games that they are all going to be playing this Friday to close out the season. Bishops is going to be taking on Santa Fe Christian, a game that was slated to be the league championship until Orange Glen sort of threw a wrench in that, so they will uh, play host to Santa Fe Christian. This Friday, San Pasqual takes on Escondido, always a tough team to play on the road. Let's see, where is, my goodness, I am the worst at pre-producing these shows, looking for the Vista game. Vista's taking on a very tough Carlsbad team that is going to be one heck of a potential game of the week. So out of those three in the Division Two playoffs, any one of those you're watching most closely this Friday night? Ooh. I, I, you know. It's got to be Vista, right? Um, I know I've been, I've been sticking with the South Bay theme here, but the Battle of the O's is on Friday. Otay Ranch plays Olympian. <laughs> he's, I he's, 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 I, I don't know if you noticed what Noah did there, but he straight skipped the question. All right, Noah, let's talk about it. The oh, number- wait. Oh, about, okay, out of the three, yeah. out of the three, I'm looking at Vista. So Vista has a real opportunity here because, you know, Bishop's a really good school. You know, they have Tyler Bugger. You know, they're going to get points on the board. But Vista is kind of like the opposite. They have a run game that they could run. With three different backs, they could go inside, outside. They have a power running game. They have a speed running game. And they're very physical. And I think it, it would be so cool just to see that a final between Bishops and Vista, just such a contrast with styles, being kings at different positions, like polar opposite positions and having them go at it. So Vista's the team that I'm looking at to see if, you know, they could, they could finish 8-2, and two, go on the playoffs on a good note. I think that's going to be a team that Bishop uh, has to worry about. I will agree with you on Vista. Them playing Carlsbad is insane, and we will find out just how deep they are and how physical they are. All right, Noah, the the, uh, the lane is clear. It is all yours for the Battle of the O's. Otay Ranch and Olympian will be playing this Friday night. What's at stake? A lot, man. First of all, the trophy. You know, the, these two schools are less than two minutes away from each other. Um, so the Battle of the O's trophy will be there. It's on the line. But 
also, you know, uh, positioning in the playoffs. I mean, Olympians currently out right now, but if they beat Otay Red, they, 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 I think they secure their spot in. Uh, both teams have been playing. Uh, Olympian came back on Benita. They're down 32-0 and came back for double OT, so they're on a good one right now. Otay Rant, I know they lost, suffered a loss to modern day, but they play, um, they've been playing teams real well. They play East Lake Tough. Um, so, you know, they, they've had some good, well, Otay Ranch also beat San Marcos to start the year. So, you know, these are two teams that, you know, they're kind of, they're feast of famine. They're either going to go, you're going to hit home run or you're going to strike out. But, I mean, when they're clicking, they're pretty dangerous. So, whoever comes out of that battle of the O's game with a victory, you know, look, I think they have a chance to get out the first round. On to Division One slash the Open Division. Um, this one looks like this right now. Cathedral Catholic, Helix, Carlsbad, and Steel Canyon are all into the Open Division. St. Augustine, Mission Hills, Madison, Lincoln are the top four seeds for the Division One playoffs. So, Noah, let's just do this. Let's bubble watch because I'm assuming at this point it's going to be hard for Cathedral Catholic and Helix to not make the open division. Cathedral Catholic takes on Lincoln this Friday night. The Helix Highlanders and or Scotties are going to play Steel Canyon. That one is an insane game, though, because I'm assuming that that one is uh, potentially destructive for Steel Canyon to lose, being the the Steel Canyon is the four seed. Helix is still going to... I think if they lose that, they still make it in. I think they're the four. They'll probably be the four if they lose. So, sure. so I, I, that, that, that's where I, I, I'm looking kind of at Steel, Carlsbad. Obviously, if they lose to Vista, that knocks them down. Steel, if they lose to Helix, Saints, you know, trying to and Mission Hills trying to play uh, 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 Vultures and get themselves in. Just give me one or two teams kind of in that four to eight range that you're looking at, like feast or famine. They could have huge years depending on which playoffs they end up in. Um, I mean, it's got to be Steel Canyon. I think I think everyone in San Diego was a little shocked. I don't want to say shocked because they, they definitely are that good, but a little shocked that they really took it to Grossmont last week. I mean, they made a huge statement. I remember watching... You know, the highlights thinking, wow, everyone was like, wow, they really they really did that. They really went out there and proved themselves. And I think this is another big – this is a big test for them. And if they do find a way, you know, to upset Helix, then I think I think they're legit. And I think if they happen to lose and they fall out of – if they fall out of the open and man up in D1, I think they should be a favorite for D1. I mean, when you – you know the thing, defense wins championships, and, man, they have a great one. So – I think they've already proven they they should be respected and they should be ranked as one of the top defenses in the county. And I think whichever way they fall into that defense is going to be what is what's going to keep them in every game that they play in from here on out. Yeah, the game that I have kind of circled as something to really look at in Division One, and it it's hard, but I I got to go with Oceanside El Camino. El Camino a couple of times this year. I mean, a, a few uh, very recently they they held Mission Hills to ten. So El Camino has won a couple of games. They beat Point Loma. They they they've played spoiler. They're a very good deceptive team. Oceanside 
takes them on this Friday night at home. And right now, Oceanside, the 10th overall team, is that sixth seed in D1. If they win this game and they can hold on and avoid having to play Mission Hills early on, that's the game I'm looking for because I think Oceanside sets up for a nice little D1 deep playoff run. If they lose this game, however, to a Division II opponent that's sub-500, it drops them into... They're going to have to go on the road, play probably Mission Hills very early on, and that that puts me to worry. So I'm watching that game most closely to see in the Division One playoffs, are we going to get an Oceanside run or not? That being said, all of this means nothing come Friday because the football gods have us at their mercies with their vibres. But then, hey, we'll wake up on Saturday morning and it'll be playoff selection time and we'll have a whole new set of stuff to talk about. Noah, any closing notes before we say goodbye? Um, just to all, all the teams out there, man, I hope you all stay healthy. And I hope you guys give it everything you got for you seniors. It's the last, that last regular season game. You know, you don't, you want to make sure you're able to look in the mirror and say that you gave everything you had. So just, you know, good luck to those seniors out there. And I hope you guys all have you end your season the right way. Give me 30 seconds on Anthony Gilpin last week before we get out of here. So Anthony Gilpin definitely probably had. Uh, across the county, I would say he would have the best stat line from anyone across the county. He had eight receptions, 155 yards, three touchdowns. One of those touchdowns came in uh, overtime on a fade route where he mocked somebody. He had 10 tackles, one interception, uh, two forced fumbles. They were both stripped. So he, uh, the Benita receiver was running. One of them, he just took it away from him. The second one, it was in overtime. So keep in mind, if Bonita scores, that probably ends the game. At the one-yard line, Anthony Gilpin strips it, takes it away, says, no, we're not on my watch. This isn't happening. He had three fumble recoveries. Oh, and by the way, so Bonita drives down. It's a tie game. Bonita's about to kick a field goal to potentially win this game with no time left on the clock. And who blocked it to force overtime? Anthony Gilpin. So he did a little bit of everything. I swear, watching this game live, it, it was like a movie. I mean, you couldn't write this up any better way. Anthony Gilpin had one heck of a day, and, you know, hang a star for that young man. Noah, I'm actually going to stop you on uh, talking about Anthony Gilpin and his accomplishments because we just actually have him on the line. That's the kind of guest booking that we have here. We're now joined by Anthony Gilpin Jr., who is the standout man at Olympian that Noah was just talking about. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy Battle of the O's week. Happy uh, insane historic school comeback. Uh, it, it seems like that was uh, exactly what you guys needed headed into this week. Yeah, that that really felt amazing. That was We really needed that because that I like after that the energy completely changed. You have a lot of momentum and we're ready now. I I know that a lot of football players don't do you know they don't rush off to the sideline to keep their stats like on a piece of paper. But everyone has a general idea of, of I think you know what kind of a night you're having. You walk away from that game though saying what like you felt like oh yeah I just put up the best game of my career. I just like. How did how how what was your mindset leaving the game? Um, leaving the game, I was like, yeah, I had an amazing game. I had 155 yards, I had three touchdowns. But at the end, I I knew I have to do it again because 
we're going to need a big game against Osai. And also, I have to keep in mind, one thing I really wanted to see was um, the school re- um, receiving record and 1,000 yards receiving as well as 10 touchdowns. And I just got to put up numbers against Osai, too. And that's my mindset. Noah, I don't think you drove home the point quite enough that it was 32 nothing at one point that uh, Otai was trailing, and then they go on a 42-7 to run. Benito. Um, or, yeah, sorry, the, against Benita. Um, <laughs> and then they go on a, Otai, or Olympian goes on a 42 or 42-7 to run to close it out. Um, so, yeah, if that's a, that in itself is insane. When, when you guys, Anthony, when you guys are down 32 points, did it just get sort of loosey goosey, and you guys are like, "All right, man, let's just let's just start slinging around"? Did somebody just scream, "Snap out of it! We're going to win this game"? What what changed? Why? What started that comeback? Um, honestly, it's the captains. We have a a a, a good group of captains on this team. We knew that we just needed to keep ahead in it. And speaking of captains, one of our captains, um. Tyler Powers, he came up on a big um, fumble recovery on the punt, and that started it off. Because we, from there, we scored, and that just kind of got us going. You know, captain this is my game. All right, so tell us. I mean, I know that. Oh, I got it. No, go ahead. So for me, I know that you've been through a lot of crazy games in your career. Um, I'm sure this one's pretty much up there. Uh, What was it like, you know, when you saw the last kid go in? What was your immediate, you know, feeling after that last, after Davidson made that 45-yard field goal to end it? As you said that, I kind of had like a reminiscent feeling. It was just the feeling of relief because I was so happy and excited. I was, we got our second one of the season, and it was an amazing feeling because I knew that we were down 32 nothing, and we had a great uh, all-around team effort, and I was just so relieved and happy, and I was just, I was, couldn't believe we just did that. So I'll ask a pair of Olympian guys not having an Otai person here to kind of counterbalance that, but question out to both of you guys. Um, with this school, with these two schools being so physically close, Noah, like you had mentioned, tell us about this rivalry. Go ahead, Justin. We can take this one first. Um, so the Battle of the O's, um, it's always been a competitive, very physical um, fight against Otai since my freshman year, we've always been competing. And um, the past two years, they've had the trophy. And um, our mindset this year is just to get that back. We take a lot of pride in that, and we want that trophy back. And we know it's going to be tough, and we know it's going to be physical. We're just out there going to give it our all. Noah? Yeah, I mean, this you know, this rivalry, it means a lot. I mean, to be, even being an alumni, uh, you still want to come back. You still want to help support, you know, the young guys and you know every year there's a there's always a guy that you know you kind of you kind of talk to like hey you know leave the team go get that trophy keep that trophy or get that trophy back and Gilpin's definitely one of those guys you know that the alumni the community we have our faith in him and that's in the, in the football team to you know go out there on Friday and do their best to you know get that trophy where it belongs. Well, Anthony, thank you very, very much for joining us for just a few minutes. I, I'm sure that you are like Noah. You are already getting prepared for this game, uh, and well, I mean, you're probably preparing a little bit less than Noah is. I'm assuming Noah's being more prepared for this. Uh, he's ready to go tailgate it because it's a family affair for the Lacinas. Uh, 
Thank you very much, man. We'll say uh, best of luck to you this coming Friday night. If you want to follow Anthony, you can follow him on Twitter at D's Knees Jr. He's Anthony Gilpin. He's wearing number 21 for the Olympian Eagles. One more time, 155 yards, three TDs, 10 tackles, one interception, two pass deflections, two forced fumbles, three fumbles recovered, one blocked kick. All in one game. That's the kind of talent we have here in San Diego. And that's why we are excited that the playoffs are almost here. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, we will uh, hopefully be talking to, I know Noah will talk to you next week, but Anthony, hopefully we'll be talking to you in in a couple of weeks as you guys uh, put together a little bit of a run here late in the season.